0: This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit
1: CanDoWealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Hello, and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the spectators daily and sometimes twice daily politics podcast. I'm Max Jeffrey, and I'm joined by Katie Bulls and Kate Andrews. Rishi Sunak has just sat down for a 30-minute interview with Andrew Neil. They talked about the economy. How do we grow the economy? Well, now not I- by putting it in recession, I think, is the first thing. The NHS. Waiting lists have risen from 6 million at the start of this year. They're now 6.7 million. And immigration.
0: Is
2: there not something unsavoury about the son of a successful middle-class migrants prepared to turn away asylum seekers with a valid claim?
1: Katie, give us the details.
2: So I think just to set the scene, we have a situation where the ballots go out next week. Rishi Sunak is behind. I think both camps accept that. Even Rishi Sunak's supporters effectively say he has a lot of making up to do and it's not clear he's going to be able to do that. So you have a situation where Liz has declined the offer, so far at least, but Rishi Sunak said yes, and I think that shows that he clearly is trying to find various ways to shift the dial, and it's still a question about whether he will be able to do that. When we look at the interview we just had, Rishi Sunak talking for a large part of the interview on the economy. Now, in a way, that's what Rishi Sunak wants to talk about because it's what he has centred his campaign around. So things we've heard before in the sense of his plan to tackle inflation, and we're pressing him on the parts of that. But I think there is a question as to... Is Rishi Sunak's campaign working? Now, he already faced challenges, but is talking about the economy, when you come across, compared to Liz Truss as a pessimist, what is going to get members around? And I'm just not sure, even looking at today's exchanges. Yes, Rishi Sunak sounded competent. Yes, he sounds like he knows his stuff in the economy, but the message is still one of being, I suppose he wants to be the sensible grown-up, but I think the issue is, it can just feel a bit as though he, A, has his record to defend, and two, when you're looking forward to what he's going to do, it does not really feel like a change moment.
1: Kate, let's talk about the economy. As Katie says, one of the big dividing lines in this campaign. Was Sunak able to effectively make his case that that not borrowing more and that, keeping those tax increases is the right way to go?
0: I think he did effectively make his case. And that's quite high praise because it was the hardest I think he's ever been pushed on these things. Andrew Neil delivered far more detail than sunak has been pushed on before from the other leadership candidates in these other debates. I thought what was really interesting is that Andrew Neal decided to focus on timing and also to focus on unintended consequences. So, you know, Neil said, look, I'm not pressuring you to say you'll borrow lots more. I'm not saying you need to go on a spending spree. But is raising taxes the year that the West is teetering into recession? Andrew Neil pointed out the US is already technically in recession. Is this really the time to do it? And so you not made his case for fiscal responsibility, but it was it was definitely a challenge. And then there was this very interesting exchange where Rishi Sunak said this.
1: Growth then, if we'd like to talk about growth, how do we grow the economy? Well, not by putting it in recession, I think, is the first thing. Well, well, actually, what we need to do is get to grips with inflation quickly, because if we have inflation that persists for far longer, that's not going to help grow the economy. It's just going to make everybody poorer. And whilst it might make us feel good in the short run, actually, we end up repeating the mistakes of the past. And we've seen how that is. If you borrow tens of billions of pounds, pump that money into an economy, then that fuels inflation. Mm -hmm. And that pushes up interest rates even higher. And that's what I'm trying to avoid.
0: And I think it it actually speaks to Sunak's point about trade-offs, but just like how serious we're talking. Because Rishi Sunak was saying, inflation makes everybody poorer. And Andrew Neil came back and said, so does recession. And we're in this really, really tricky territory where one bad decision could be catastrophic. Um, Certainly no decisions at all would also be catastrophic. And you can sympathize with Rishi Sunak's, you know, accusing others of fairy tale economics and the rest of it because they're not having these grown-up conversations. But this was really the first time, because, as Katie points out, Sunak is so confident when he talks about the economy. And that really came across tonight. This was the first time I thought we got a real detailed discussion highlighting some of the risks that Rishi Sunak is actually taking. I mean, he points to himself as, as the candidate who, who isn't willing to be very risky with the public finances. And I thought Andrew Neil did a good job teasing out tonight of the risks of keeping those tax hikes and of not acting on tax. And of course, Sunak countered with, well, what about inflation?
1: Katie, this really was a big risk for Rishi Sunak. Do you think it was worth it?
2: Yeah, in a way, I think every Andrew Neil interview is a risk, if you think about the history of the fact that often it backfires for politicians. But I think for Rishi Sunak, it's a risk he has to take. Because he is just running out of ways to win over the membership, to change the narrative of this leadership race, and therefore he almost does need to take every opportunity he has that has the chance of working for him. And I think what's tricky is, if you think about how politicians often approach an annual interview, it's more, can I survive it? Do I emerge unscathed? I think tonight, Richard did pretty well. But he doesn't just need to survive because the other candidate is refusing to do it. He almost needs to come out well from an Andrew Neil interview. And I, th- I think generally that's not what um, politicians go in thinking about. So I-, I think his team will be fairly happy with the performance tonight. But I think in terms of gaining more momentum, he is just struggling to find ways to do that. And you have a situation where there's trust. Because she is so far in front, doesn't feel the need to do this, and her team are also bringing out new backers, and that's how they're trying to show that she's moving forward. So, first off, you have Ben Wallace, the Defence Secretary, coming out and backing her. I think we can expect more names too. As I said in my cover piece for the magazine this week, there is a sense now that almost as more MPs decide that she is the most likely candidate, whether it is suddenly that they are embracing trust economics, whether it is the fact that they suddenly think that this is a person who could give them a job, we can pick. Um, I think it means more people are willing to come out and back her, and that is what they think is going to keep this idea that you know, trust is the one who's out in front, whereas Rishi Sunak is on a trickier path when it comes to this. So I think it was a risk he had to take. I think it was, it was good that he did it, but with the ballots out next week, I think it's still very in, up in the air as to whether he can close the gap.
1: Hey, what do you think? How can Rishi make his mark now? Is it more policy announcements, doing more media, having a good time at the upcoming hustings?
0: He's definitely going to need to have a good time in the upcoming hustings and he's going to have to be getting far more face time with the grassroots. I think the tricky thing for Rishi Sunak, if we look at the VAT announcement this week, which Andrew Neil called him up on in the interview tonight, saying, you know, here's a good example of a U-turn. Liz Truss had to dish out all of her giveaways and big policies in the first half of the leadership contest because she wasn't sure she could make it over the line with MPs. And now Rishi Sunak, who I think was saving up his policies to announce to the grassroots, because that's where he always expected perhaps not to be so far behind, but to have to do a bit more graft, he is coming out with those policies. And to Katie's point quite quickly, because these ballots are going out sooner than expected. and whilst I think you can justify a lot of them and they aren't necessarily U-turns. Rishi Sunak said tonight, you know, I, I did consider pulling the VAT lever. It didn't feel right at the time, but I'm running, he basically said, I actually, I think I, I, think I even wrote it down. He said, it, he said it's the only lever left or he said something very close to that. So, you know, I don't think it is a full-on U-turn, but it's very easy in headlines and in little quips to suggest that it is. So he's going to have to really convince the grassroots over the next few weeks, especially as they'll be voting earlier that um, this is actually a comprehensive plan he's come up with. And something he continues to stress, and it's a good point, is that the public have gotten to know him uh, as two years, two and a half years as chancellor. He ended on that point tonight in the interview that people understand what he can do when the economy is in a tough situation, and he has a proven track record on that. But that is not the same as warming up to getting to know and really winning over the hearts rather than minds of the grassroots. Uh, And he's going to have to put in a lot of effort in the next few weeks to do that.
2: I think what I found interesting watching this evening's interview where Rishi was pressed and was clearly uncomfortable in places, and as Kate has said, I think was pressed more on his economic plan and more specifically than in other interviews, and that was engaging, but just in a way, act as a reminder of how different the two campaigns are. It almost feels as though Liz Truss is running a campaign to win over the membership and Rishi Sunak is running a campaign to win a general election. Now, that's not to say this trust can't win a general election, but her campaign is so specifically targeted and focused on the membership, and you can see that in where it's going. Whereas Rishi Sunak, I think if we're looking at what he is saying, and also the fact that the polling seems to suggest that that's better with the wider public than it does for the Tory membership. It does raise questions as to, has Rishi Sunak misjudged this in the sense that Lots of people think his campaign is very sensible. Lots of Tory MPs worry about Liz Truss's message in the sense they're not completely sure she's going to be able to deliver on everything she's saying. That she could be at the behest of the the right of the party. She has very little room for the manoeuvre. But yet they still agree that she is ultimately connecting more with the people who are voting in this election. And I think looking at Rishi Sunak tonight, I think he came across as confident and competent. And you can see that if that was a general election interview, if we were talking about the different candidates who had just all done Andrew Neil interviews, Keir Starmer, Rishi Sunak, in this scenario, he is prime minister, I think would be saying that was a decent performance. But in order to get that, he has to appeal to a different electorate. And I'm just not sure this campaign has managed to do that in the way it needs to do. And time to do that is running out.
0: I, I really like the point that coming out of this interview in a general election, people would have said, he's really competent, he's really good, he can hold his own. Those are not actually the top questions that the conservative grassroots are asking. They're not necessarily even in the top 10. And you can have opinions about that, but that's the reality. And it's making life much more difficult for him.
1: Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Katie. And thank you very much for listening.